Let's go back to the air. Now, tell me how much of a challenge it's been. Um, I know that air has been a focus for healthcare for a long time. And uh, long ago, they settled on standards of HEPA filtration and positive pressure. And are there other standards now that are being developed? Or do you find resistance from healthcare facilities that say, you know what, we're already using HEPA filtration and positive pressure. We're, we're already meeting the standards and the regulations. We don't want to really investigate what might be going on in the air. Are you getting any kind of pushback on air or are you seeing changes uh, with the way facilities look at the way they handle their air? So what I think is great is healthcare I would say the majority of healthcare has embraced UV in a pretty holistic uh, idea, right? They've taken sort of the the in-room solutions plus the in-duct solutions, right? They sort of have done everything for a long period of time. Um, I was hearing about when we first started the company and all we were focused on were whole room disinfection. The first place a facility manager would take me was, well, what about my HVAC system? It was sort of the first place that they went to. Um, so healthcare in general has accepted that from a HVAC perspective, whether they want to do that in the room is a different story. Cause you're talking to a different person within the healthcare environment, right? You're talking to more of a clinician, uh, maybe an EVS director rather than the facilities manager, facility manager, I feel like is mostly doing it. Let's reduce maintenance or let's reduce energy. Uh, let's reduce energy inside the HVAC system. Whereas again, how are we changing the clinical outcomes, right? Um, I don't think everybody likes to beat on a, a dead horse, but, you know, Seattle Children's Hospital, um, from what I understand about the stories that have hit, right, they had mold growing in these air handling systems and it was flowing through into the operating rooms. And there was lives lost because of that over time. Um, that may not have happened. I don't want to say it definitely wouldn't have happened. It may not have happened had there been UV in that airstream somewhere. Um, we know that the filters weren't up to the level they should have been, but if that UV had been there, you know, you might not have had something like that. So there's a, a major benefit to clinical outcomes too. Well, UV or PCO, some type of disinfection solution, right? Because HEPA filtration is really a fool's paradise, at least in healthcare. Uh, it's great for particulates, uh, great for reducing the pollen count, for example, but it's really not having an effect on pathogens. What kind of data do you have uh, that support your solutions? Have you guys done some studies that are accepted within the healthcare community that you can share with our audience? So I'll tell you, we have historically leaned a lot on all the research that's been done for 100 years, right? So again, we started the company five years ago. Uh, we were a small startup, right? So investing millions of dollars into research without the help of government's hard. When you have things like the CDC has already done in 2014, where they showed using UV in these rooms is helpful. It does help to reduce the spread of pathogen. Um, and that's, again, that's been done for literally decades. Um, so that we leaned a lot on that. And then I would tell you the partnership with Acuity Brands and Ushio, now there's really millions of dollars flowing from the joint entities, right? And again, we're not connected, but we're just connected by um, uh, you know, a, a partnership. And so if you look at our list of, of clinical data, it's on all of our different types of technologies, not necessarily just on our fixtures. There is data on our fixtures from third-party independent EPA FDA labs. Um, but in general, you know, most of what we've tested or what we've seen tested is on the technologies itself, the light sources themselves. And then we know how they're going to act within the spaces because of that. Um, and again, Acuity helps quite a bit with this because they have so much background in lighting. 
Uh, UV is a light, so I can very easily test what the light source is doing. And if I can relatively doing that in a lab, I'm going to do that in the space. I will add, um, we've got a partnership that we announced with Johnson Controls. That's more research that we're doing right now. Um, we're doing more research with our 222 fixtures, I would say specifically, than we're doing with anything right now. Um, that's with Johnson Controls. That's with some other academic institutions. So I'll tell you over the next 12, 24 months, the amount of research for our fixtures, but also just the technology in general is going to jump dramatically. Well, as we mentioned, the technology has been around for over 100 years. Uh, the Nobel Prize in Medicine awarded way back in 1905 uh, for using UV uh, to combat tuberculosis. Um, and recently, uh, the independent UV association, IUVA, partnered with NIST, uh, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, uh, to come up with a, a total compilation of all the UV studies, they published that uh, earlier this year. That's available through IUVA. I encourage uh, all our audience members to go check that out. And uh, there is a wealth of information, again, dating back 100 years, and some newer information uh, that is pending in peer review, supporting UV technology uh, for pathogen uh, uh, deactivation and uh, disinfection. So uh, a lot of good data out there, as you mentioned, and I think we'll see more development around these solutions. Um, what can you tell us a little bit about um, the uh, industry trends or future trends that you see um, in the UV space or in uh, healthcare disinfection solutions in general? Yeah, what I think is interesting, I, again, I come from a lighting background, right? So we watched the LED world sort of flip the fluorescent world upside down, right, 15 years ago. Um, and we sort of rode that wave, right? I'm pretty positive what you're going to see happen is going to be pretty similar in this space. Um, and what I think is really interesting is I can now pinpoint specific wavelengths, right, with these technologies over and over again. So now I can find out what does 258 do? You know, what does 263 do, right? What do all these specific wavelengths of light do differently to different pathogens? But also, what do they create in the air, right? So there's a lot of, I think, a lot of the research we're doing right now, um, which was kind of a combat to some of the other technologies that are out there that might create things in the air, right? They might interact with other VOCs and then create other bad VOCs. Well, we want to test that and make sure that we're not doing the same thing. And I think uh, you're going to see that consistently with different wavelengths of light. What does it create that's good? What does it create that's bad? Does it help? Does it hurt? Um, those are the things that we should be doing and finding out before we jump too far ahead. But you mentioned the transition from fluorescence to LEDs. One of those uh, good or bad things, I guess, depending on the dosage and how you look at it, is ozone, right? And uh, some of the mercury bulbs or the mercury bulbs are known for creating ozone. What is uh, a beneficial amount of ozone and what is too much ozone? That can be avoided with the LEDs. You mentioned that you foresee a transition from fluorescence, uh, from mercury bulbs to LEDs in the space. Of course, one of the challenges with LEDs is the energy output. Um, so how do we address that uh, with a disinfection solution utilizing LEDs? I mean, the nice thing is it's gonna continue to improve um, and it's gonna continue to improve on a very high upward slope, right? It's gonna happen fast. It's gonna happen over the next three, three to five years. That sounds like a long time sometimes, but it's going to be quicker than we all expect. Um, so, you know, to me, uh, that's going to be overcome fairly quickly. 
Now, one of the other challenges uh, that facilities have with utilizing UV is that UV light is actually invisible, right? So how can your customers be sure that they're getting uh, the efficacious uh, activity that they're looking for, that they're getting the results they want? How do they know the solution is working the way they intend? I mean, I think consistent testing, working with a reputable company, right? Knowing that you're getting what you expect to get on the front side, right? So we do room layouts that actually are showing you this is what the light output is going to be in these specific spots. It's no different than the way they lay out the two by four fixtures that produce ambient light in the space. We can do the same thing. Um, so doing that on the front side, and then we commission every project. So we actually go into the rooms, we make sure the software is operating like it's supposed to. Um, we didn't just create hardware that goes in the room. We created software that controls it all. Um, we want to be able to report that data to customers as well. So we commission all those things. At the same time, we're going to take dosage measurements in the room. Um, so we can do that with meters. Uh, we can also do it with dosimeter cards, and they can continue doing it with those things at the same time. Um, ultimately, you know, you might need to lab test, right? Once a year, a couple times a year. You know, are, am I keeping this room as disinfected as I thought I would? We recommend all those things to the customers. And I know that uh, most of us have uh, COVID fatigue at this point, but I think it's played a major role in uh, our niche of the industry and certainly in the UV space. Uh, from your perspective, what was the impact of COVID? You guys started the company at a very interesting time, not a uh, COVID startup, but just prior to COVID, you uh likely couldn't see that out the windshield. And yet there it was uh, shortly after starting the company. What do you see as the impact on your business and on the industry as a whole? Yeah, we we like to tout the fact that we saw, you know, <laughs> saw the light before it actually happened, right? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'll say that I can remember still seeing a Google alert that I got on a uh, virus, right? It was just literally a Google alert I had set up when we started the company and I can remember seeing, you know, 20 weird flu-like cases in Wuhan. Um, and so I remember seeing that and remember thinking, okay, this is kind of interesting, but um, no idea it was going to turn into what it turned into. I mean, I think I deleted that email, right? I don't think I really dove too deeply into it. Um, so, it, I mean, it completely flipped us upside down, right? To where we're begging to get in to see customers to explain to them what we do and how we're different to literally at 1.900 phone calls a day into our company. Um, so it was completely uh, unbelievable. Um, I will tell you the fatigue is completely real. I heard it probably, I don't know, 18, 24 months ago, right? I had a hospital CEO who said, we don't talk about COVID here anymore. We talk about the other pathogens that are killing our patients. Um, so they were, you know, in the healthcare industry, I think they saw it the earliest, right? That there was other things that were still the major issues. Um, you know, you can't really go into a commercial office space and say, Hey, I want to help you with COVID anymore. Right. Um, there's maybe a few parts of the country that still are, are concerned about it, but for the most part, it's how we're going to reduce energy say, uh, costs, how we're going to reduce maintenance. Um, that's primarily what we're talking about. But every once in a while, you find that facility that says, you know what? There's going to be something else that comes. We want to make sure our facility is protected for that. And so we're going to install something like FAR UV, if nothing else, in the common spaces. Well, when you talk about the impact of COVID, and you mentioned it, um, facilities now have a new focus because uh, after making years of progress against hospital-acquired infections, one of the one of the sad results of COVID, even post-COVID, is that we've had a big spike in hospital-acquired infections. Um, 
up to a thousand percent of some pathogens in some facilities, including su several superbugs. We're seeing a big rise in MRSA and in some facilities, a C. diff. And of course, now we have the uh, emerging uh, pandemic of Candida uh, auris. Uh, which is very concerning fungal infection. And so hospitals now uh, have turned their attention away from the COVID pandemic, and they're trying to readdress uh, concerns around increasing hospital-acquired infections. Um, has that been the discussions that you're hearing now uh, with your hospital customers? 100%. That's exactly what we talk about every single day. Um, <clears throat> and even outside of hospitals, right? People are just more acutely aware of the indoor air quality, I will say. Right. So obviously all the wildfires are really, uh, you know, making people aware of, hey, that's outside. But what is my HVAC system pulling inside? Right. So just paying attention to what's happening inside the space. We see a lot of companies that, you know, we're, uh, we're we don't do this, but a lot of companies obviously do an indoor air quality measurements consistently inside the space. Um, very interesting taking off, I think, in a pretty big way. Um, so I think all those things are really interesting. And, and the the customer base, back to your original point is really focused more on these surface pathogens. Some of them you know, can be aerosolized in some respect, but really these surface pathogens are where we're spending most of our time. Well, you can, you can have an effective solution for the surfaces, but if you're not addressing the air, the surfaces uh, get contaminated uh, right away. So it has to be a, a multi-stage approach to total disinfection. I think it's interesting you say that one of the uh, things we've learned from COVID, COVID is that there's now more of a, an awareness around the air. What else have we learned from COVID? Or have you heard anything from your customers that, that now they look at differently as a result of the pandemic? You know, that's a, that's a, you just stumped me. Um, I think we learned that again, we just have to be aware that anything can happen sort of at any time. Right. So uh, I think if you think healthcare specifically, I think that uh, urgent cares, for example, or EDs, we never know what's walking in those spaces, right? It, tomorrow it could be COVID. And it was right. I think we had a hundred thousand cases in New York before we even knew we had a hundred thousand cases in New York city. So we need to be doing things to prevent those, you know, endemics that turn into pandemics very quickly, um, however we can. Well, there were a handful of solution providers prior to COVID, but during COVID, we saw an explosion of uh, solution providers, particularly in the UV space. And there was funding to support that. There was demand to support that. Now things have cooled off a little bit. Um, so some of that funding was temporary. That's dried up. We're starting to see some consolidation in the industry. Um, any other predictions on uh, how this post-COVID um, environment is going to affect the disinfection business and uh, and healthcare? I mean, I think you're, you're right. The consolidation is going to continue, right? I think there's going to be people that just leave the space. I think a ton of people got in and just left. Um, they might still have websites up, but that might be all that remains of certain companies. Um, so I think that's going to continue to happen. Or I think people are going to figure out, okay, how can I use maybe this technology to develop for something else, right? So I think there's going to be a lot of that over time. But I think in UV in general, um, the investment that happened, whether it's from the federal government or from the private sector, tons of investment came in. And I think that's done nothing but help what we understand around this technology. Um, we mentioned a lot of organizations, but ASHRAE, I think, has taken a pretty strong lead on a lot of things, too. They're really spending a lot of time developing new uh, regulations and codes to say this is what we should do in these buildings. 
Um, so I'm I'm happy about that. We support those efforts as well. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to see more standards around um, disinfection solutions, particularly UV for healthcare and other environments. Well, uh, based on your experience now going through COVID uh, as a healthcare solution provider, you've gotten to see a few things pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. If you had a magic wand, Jim, that you could wave, what would be the one thing you would change about healthcare to improve outcomes? I mean, I would love to see uh, it's it's very self uh, helpful. It's helpful to us. But I think that UV and air handling systems should be just an absolute done deal at a minimum for those coils. Right. I think it saves energy. It saves maintenance and it helps inside the buildings. Um, but I'm excited to see, you know, there's so many new facilities opening these days. Um, healthcare is very different, I think, you know, than it was even five, 10 years ago. Um, these new facilities coming online, a lot of these places are like hotels. Um, so I think that there's this idea of making sure that it's not just about the healthcare itself, but it's about the well-being of the person that's inside that building to make them stronger. But there's just you know so many things we haven't done yet that I think can be helpful in the future. I agree. And uh, on that note, um, if people want to find out more about Puro Lighting, where should they go, Jim? So the simple one is purouv.com. That redirects to purolighting.com. Um, you can also check out Applied Ultraviolet. So AUVI is our ticker on the NASDAQ. So you can check us out. Um, you can find us that way, or various websites that connect all of us to, together. Well, thank you very much for being on Clean Talk today, Jim. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today for another episode of Clean Talk. For my guest, Jim Calantoni, I'm Brad Witchert, your host, reminding you until next time to keep it clean. 